What up, what up, what up? This is your man Dre Day from Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast. And I have a public service announcement for all you listeners out there. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground in 2018, I had so many questions. How do I record an episode? Where do I find background music? How do I get my show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the other places people like to listen? Also, where do I find advertisers? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing, and monetizing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and 100% easy to use. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. Again, that's anchor.fm slash start to join. Oh, one thing, you can record your episode from your phone or computer. So again, go to anchor.fm slash start to join. And I can't wait to hear your podcast. of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. I am your host with the most, the Hoods ESPN, Crystal Street's golden boy, Dre Day. What's up? What's up? What's up? This is episode 260. Listen, I know I've been gone for a while. Uh, I think the last episode was probably a few days before I went on vacation, so I'm assuming off the top of my head, I would say it was probably between May 15th or May 17th. I think I had dropped the episode that week before I had went on vacation May 21st, but just thanking everybody for their support. Keep it going, keep it flowing. But yeah, man, your boy went on vacation, man. Your boy went on vacation, uh, went down to Florida to celebrate my son. Graduating high school, so congratulations to my son Joshua once again on graduating high school. Uh, pretty soon, I will have a college student as a son, which is a wonderful feeling. Uh, congrats to the whole uh, class of 2022, for that matter. Uh, whether it's kindergarten, whether it's fifth grade, 
whether it's eighth grade, whether it's high school, whether it's college, just congratulations to the whole 2022 class. But yeah, man, like I figured vacation is coming. I got to plan that. I got to set that up. And then with the playoffs going on, I said, you know what? I'm going to just wait for the playoffs to officially be over. And then I would do a whole recap. Well, not a whole recap, but just basically recap the NBA Finals. So basically, that's what's on the docket for this episode. Uh, we are going to recap the WNBA. Well, we, well, well, we definitely going to talk about the WNBA as well. Uh, so this is going to be recap of the NBA Finals. It's going to be a recap of what's going on in the WNBA currently. And um, y'all know how I feel about the versus battles, right? You know, even though it's not a sport per se, but it is a battle. You know what I'm saying? And it is a point system. You know, you grade the joints by points, by rounds. So there's a battle brewing that... You know, I want to speak on on this episode. Trust me, you'll get a kick out of it. Trust me when I tell you, you'll get a kick out of it. But uh, first, like I said, thank y'all for y'all support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. I will say this. While I was away, you know, while I was away, there was people hitting me up asking me, when was I coming back? Did I stop? Yada, yada, yada. No, I did not stop. Obviously not. Like I just said, you know, I just took a break. Um, just stood away for a little bit. Cleared the head, cleared the mental. And then, like I said, I waited for the fight. It was the end. So then that way I could make my return. You know what I'm saying? And there you have it. Finals is over. Congratulations are in order to the Golden State Warriors who won the NBA Finals in six games. Not for nothing. I did say that the Warriors would win in six. Now, obviously, y'all didn't, you know, hear from me in a while. But when the series with the Warriors and Celtics started, well, before it started, when it was confirmed that both of them was going to be in the NBA Finals, whether it was with, you know, friends on social media or just, you know, niggas I know from the hood, I said Warriors in six. So, obviously, I got it right. You know what I'm saying? But uh, much respect to the Boston Celtics. I, I You know, I, I want to, before I gloss over the Warriors and give them their absolute props, I definitely want to give Boston their props because this is a young team and... For the past, what, three, four years, they were so close to getting to the NBA Finals, and it didn't happen. And this year, you know, they broke the mold, got to the NBA Finals. Now, obviously, during these Finals, you could tell that their experience really kicked in. Well, their inexperience, for that matter, really kicked in. Uh, if you want to go back to game four, game five, and game six, I would say those were the three games right there where their inexperience kicked in. Jason Tatum, I don't know what happened with him this series. You know, you know, as you know, as much as everybody glossed over what he did in the series with Brooklyn when they swept them. 
what he did in the series against Boston, I mean, against Milwaukee, what he did with that, what he did in the series against Miami, all of that got overshadowed for what his performance was in the NBA Finals. Rightfully so, because this is the round where you really, you know, start to, you know, create your legacy. And his performance, if I had to grade his performance, I would get that shit a C. I'll get that shit a C or C minus. You know, this is this was not the Jason Tatum that everybody was talking about when the playoffs started. You know, there was people out there getting ready to call him a superstar. I think now we need to pump the brakes on that. You know, he's not a superstar. Not yet. He's a star. Absolutely. But a superstar? Nah, we got to pump the brakes on that. Jalen Brown, he's another star. And if Boston would have pulled away in this series, in my opinion, he's definitely would have been the MVP. Definitely would have been the MVP for the Boston Celtics had they won this series. Um... Marcus Smart, man, listen, all the flopping this dude does, especially game five and game six, like all these damn flops that this dude be trying to do, like I get it. But after a while, that shit gets played out. You know what I'm saying? Um, But yeah, man, this Boston Celtics team, man, I have to give credit where it's due. You know, even though, you know, the last three games of the series was lackluster from them. Um, I will say this though, they did crawl back and fight in game six. They could have easily said, you know what, go to state's kicking our ass now. Let's just wrap this up. But they didn't. They tried to fight, but uh Steph Curry and you know the Warriors, they said, you know what? We 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 gonna end this thing tonight. You know, we are not trying to go back home for game seven and our home crowd, and have a win or go home game. Let's close this now. Let's close it in the Boston Garden. Well, the TD Garden. And let's celebrate on Nate Court. And that's exactly what the Golden State Warriors did. But once again, shout out to the Boston Celtics. Congratulations to them on being the Eastern Conference champions. They are going to be a force in the foreseeable future. If they can keep this team together, if they can keep this team together and players can stay healthy, because I truly think that Robert Williams, if he could just somewhat stay healthy, they're going to be a problem in the foreseeable future with this Celtics team. Shout out to Al Horford, man, because this is somebody who's been in the league for many years. I want to say he got about 15 to 17 years in the game. His first trip to the NBA Finals. And he did it relatively well, especially game one. Like, I remember game one. That was a career game for the ages for him. Game six, the same way. He said, if I'm going to lose, I'm going to go out with a bang. And not for nothing, if it wasn't for Jalen Brown and Al Horford, game six might have been real dark for the Celtics because they was the only two really holding it down. And Robert Williams on defense, but on offense, as far as the scoring goes, oh no, that was Brown and Horford. You know, Jason Tatum, like I said, he did not have a good series. I saw a stat where they said he had 
100 turnovers in the whole playoffs. But trust me, this loss is going to motivate him. You know, as much as he talks about Kobe being his mentor and, you know, all this, that, and the third, I'm quite sure that this loss in the NBA Finals is going to motivate him. It's going to motivate that whole team, you know. And then the fact to lose it at home, you know, Like, I'm a basketball fan. I wouldn't say a historian, but my knowledge of the game is, you know, relatively amazing. I can't think of a time where the Celtics, when they lost in the NBA Finals, I can't think of a time when they lost at home. Like, the closeout game at home. If they won that series, or if they lost that series... Well, obviously, if they win it, they win it. But if they lost, ain't that many times that I can remember that their season got closed out at home in the NBA Finals. I I, I, I don't remember that. But, listen, the Celtics still have 18. Well, 17. And the Lakers still have 17. Now, I know there was a lot of Lakers fans that really did not want Boston to win because... Obviously, both of those teams have the most championships in franchise history and, well, in NBA history. And you definitely don't want the Celtics to be the sole leader in that. So a lot of Lakers fans were very happy that the Celtics lost. Rightfully so, with the rivalry being what it is. But again, once again, uh, shout out to the Boston Celtics. But uh, it is time to give... The Golden State Warriors, their flowers. It is time to give them their credit because this is a team where just not too long ago, I remember when KD left the Warriors. I remember there was a year where, well, we already knew Clay was going to be out. Clay was already out for two years because of <clears throat> the torn ACL. In that NBA final series against the Raptors, Steph came back the next year. He gets hurt. I think he sat out for a long period of time. Clay was out with another injury. So it basically left Draymond all by himself. And the Warriors were struggling. To the point where they had a top three pick in the draft. And I can remember so many people Especially that dickhead on Fox Sports. Yeah, I'm going to call him that. Nick Wright. Because I can't stand him. I remember him saying that the Warriors would never win another championship. The Warriors dynasty was over. Well, now Big Nose, Mr. Fucked Up Haircut, eat your heart out. Because the Warriors did exactly what you said they wasn't going to do. And you called out Andrew Wiggins. Look at his performance. You can make a case that if Steph didn't have the performance that he had in this finals, Andrew Wiggins could have won MVP. I mean, it's a lot to process with this Warriors congratulations that I'm going to give. No, I am not a Warriors fan. No. But I am a basketball fan. 
And I do believe in giving teams their flowers. I do believe in giving players their flowers. And right now, that's exactly what I'm going to do to the Golden State Warriors because they deserve it. Because like I said, you had so many people saying that they was not going to win another championship. Everybody said the dynasty was over. Well, guess what? No, it's not. And they just proved it. They proved it. That they proved that that dynasty is still alive and well. And the crazy thing is, yes, they won the championship, but they still had some. This may sound crazy, but there's still some pieces from that Warriors team that didn't even play. That's coming back soon. I think. I think the young boy's name is. Copper Cooper, I think he's a big man. Uh, Kamanga, something like that. James Wiseman is still recovering from injury. So there's some players on that Warriors team that didn't even participate this year that will be back next season. Now the problem is, can they keep everybody afloat? Because Jordan Poole, he done, he, he done made himself a hot commodity this offseason. He is definitely going to get a bag. Now, the question is, can Golden State keep him? He's young. I don't expect him to take no pay cut to stay in Golden State. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I just don't see it. Looney, I think, he's, I, I, I think he's one of the Warriors that is going to leave. I do not see him staying. I see him leaving. And not for nothing, I think he has two rings with the Warriors now. I think it's about time that he gets that bag. I think I have read something where I think it was two teams that are already interested in him in free agency. I know the Kings is one of them, obviously, because with their coach being Mike Brown now, who was the Warriors' assistant head coach, they're interested in him. I forgot who the other team was. Maybe it is time for him to go get his money. Maybe it's time for him to go get his bag. I think he has one or two rings. Go get your bag now. Jordan Poole was the factor. He's the key factor in this. The Warriors cannot let him go. They cannot. With the performance that he had in the finals, this whole postseason in particular, you can't let him go. You've got to keep him. So you've got to try to give him a contract that he would be willing to stay and go to state. You know what I mean? Uh, like I said, Andrew Wiggins, congrats to you. Uh, I'm not going to talk about what you did in Cleveland because obviously that was nothing. You was decent in Minnesota. I remember he had a beef with Jimmy Butler, the, the, the famous beef that they had in practice or whatever the case may be, where Jimmy Butler was calling him names and calling Carl Anthony Town names, all this shit. He proved a lot of naysayers wrong in these finals. I just said it. If Steph would have had the performance that he had, you could make a case that he was MVP. And he did it on both sides of the ball. If anything, I think he was more effective on defense than he was on offense. And I'm going to tell you the reason. He was primary responsible for Jason Tatum's struggle in these finals. He made Jason Tatum very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. So, 
we got to give him his props for that. We've got to. As much as everybody was glossing over Jason Tatum and his defense on Kevin Durant in the first round against Boston, everybody should be glossing over Andrew Wiggins and his defensive performance against Jason Tatum in these NBA Finals. Draymond Green. Listen, for some people, they call him this generation's Dennis Rodman. I get that, but Dennis Rodman to chew him up and spit him out. But that's neither here nor there. These finals, he was getting crucified game to game to game for his performance. Well, I tell you what, all of that shit went out the window game six. Well, actually, game five, he actually, you know... Played with a lot of aggression. You know, everybody was with the whole, oh, he too busy podcasting and talking to the media. He forgot where his game was. Well, I tell you this. Like I said, he made up for it in these NBA finals, especially the last two games. He definitely made up for it. Draymond Green had 12 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. Yeah, that's a little triple-double, but it was still effective. He even made two three-pointers in a closeout game. If Draymond hitting threes, then you know something ain't right. He gonna really be talking now. Y'all gonna really, y'all really gonna hate Draymond now because what can you say about him now? He won another championship. That's four rings. Four. What can you say to him? Clay Thompson. Like I said, if 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 it's anybody on this Warriors team that I'm more happy for to win this championship, it's him. Cause like I said, he had an ACL injury in game six of the 2019 NBA Finals against the Raptors. Okay. Props to him for shooting the two free throws and not leaving the game before he wet them two free throws. We already knew he was going to miss the 2020 season. Torn ACL in June, there's no way you're playing the following season. So we already knew he was going to be gone. 2021 season, torn Achilles. Out for another season. So that's two full seasons he missed. We just knew when Clay come back, the Warriors is going to be very dangerous. Now remember, they was already in their bag before Clay even returned. The Warriors was probably the first or second best team in the season before Clay even returned. So niggas was like, yo, shit, the Warriors is scary already and Clay ain't even back yet. He still wasn't the same Clay. I get it. Coming back from them two injuries, you're definitely not going to be the same Clay that we that we've known and loved, especially on the defensive side. Like scoring wise, like when you can shoot like that, that's never going to go away. But there was a time where we looked at Klay Thompson as one of the best two-way players in the league because of what he could do on offense and defense. 
He couldn't really do much on defense this season. But I bet next season it'll be different. Because he's going to come back even more healthy next season. But having said all of that, for him to be out for two full seasons and the season that you come back, you're an NBA champion again. Got to give credit where it's due. Now, I was looking forward to game six, Clay. I was so looking forward to it. But unfortunately, we didn't get it because he didn't have the best performance in game six. I mean, the dude shot five for 20, 12 points. That ain't game six, Clay, that we was looking for. But, hey, they got the win. Four-time champ. So him and Draymond are four-time champs with the Golden State Warriors. Do you know who else is a four-time champ? Do you know who else is a four-time champ? <sighs> Steph, Stephen. Is it Wardell or Stephen Wardell Curry? Yes, him, that guy. Another four-time champion. The babyface assassin. Listen, let me tell you something. It's a lot of people out there that is with this, oh, why Steph getting so much love? He wasn't the main reason why they won. Everything is about Steph. Steph this, Steph that. I need y'all to understand something. I've seen video. There's a lot of videos circling around, you know, circling around of players on the Warriors saying that they won this for Steph. They won this for Steph. They won this for Steph. You would think they would say they won it for Clay because of his two injuries. Steve Kerr, I believe, after the game was being interviewed. This one was this one is for Steph. Draymond. This one is for Steph. Clay, this one is for Steph. I saw a video this morning before I started recording. Iguodala had possession of the game ball in the last few seconds. And as soon as that clock ran out, he ran to the other side of the court to make sure that Steph got that game ball. If that don't tell you that the Warriors made it their business to win this championship for Steph, I don't know what to tell you. Because, listen, basically these whole playoffs, it's been a lot of talk about where does Steph's legacy go from here if he wins. You know, the question was, especially once he got to the finals, the question was, is he a top 10 player of all time? Because we already know he's the greatest shooter that the game has ever seen. We already knew that already. He's already the all-time three-point shooting king. He broke that record this season. We know that already. The question was, if he won this championship, would that make him a top 10 player of all time? You had some people that said, yeah. You had some people that said, no. Me, I was on the fence. I was waiting to see what would happen in these finals. 
Let's get to the meat and potatoes now. First, let me just say this. Do y'all remember when Kevin Durant went to the Warriors? When Kevin Durant went to the Warriors, he won two finals MVPs, right? Me, personally, I felt the second one could have went to Steph. Now, obviously, we know the first championship they won in 2015, that finals MVP went to Iguodala. For what reason, I don't know. I guess because of his defensive performance on LeBron, but... LeBron still had amazing numbers, so what type of defense did you really do? But that's neither here nor there. We all felt that Steph should have won that MVP. When you think of great players, legendary players, Mount Rushmore players, not only do they have NBA Finals championships, they have a Finals MVP. So as much as we could, we, we could sit here and say, oh, he could have had two MVPs, or he should have had two finals MVPs. At the end of the day, he didn't have one. So it don't matter how we feel personally. It's about what the history book says. And the history book showed prior to this NBA finals, he did not have a finals MVP. Well, guess what? He threw all that shit out the window this finals. See, now they can't say that no more. Steph Curry is now a NBA Finals MVP. So, with that being said, the question that kept going around, is Steph Curry a top 10 player of all time? And I say to you, right here on Sportswear with Dre Day Podcast, you are hearing it from me now. In my opinion, yes, he is a top 10 player of all time with this performance in the NBA Finals. Now, with that being said, who comes off the top 10? Because for most people, I mean, we already know who number one is. That will be Jordan. For some people, it's LeBron. So for this, I'll throw LeBron name in there. So, okay, we got Jordan. This is no particular order, at least... At least two to nine, at least two to ten is no particular order. We know who's number one, and that's Mike. So we got Mike, we got Magic, we got Kareem, we got Kobe, we got Shaq, we got LeBron, we got Larry Bird, we got Tim Duncan, we got Bill Russell, and we got Walt, Wilt Chamberlain. Okay, I said Steph is top ten now, right? So that means one of those historical names has to come off this list so I can make room for Steph. Well, guess what? I'm going to tell you exactly who comes off that list. And this is no disrespect because I know what I know what he's done for the game. I told you, I'm a fan of basketball. I'm not going to say I'm a historian, but I do know some shit. And the player that's coming off this list is the last name I just said, Wilt Chamberlain. R.I.P. God bless the dead, but I am taking you off top 10 of all time. First of all, for me, well, I didn't grow up watching Bill Russell neither, but his 11 rings, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to process that. You know, I can't take a player off the top 10 and he got 11 championships. And this is not somebody who went from team to team and just wind up winning championships. 
wound up winning championships. This is not a Robert Horry situation. Yeah, he made some big shots for teams, but Bill well, Robert Horry ain't no Hall of Famer. You know what I'm saying? Bill Russell played an intricate role in his time in Boston. Not only did he win 11 championships in 13 seasons, one of those championships he won as a player coach. You got to factor that in. And then another reason why I'm taking Wilt Chamberlain off is because he only got two championships. And you was dominated in the era that you were in it with Bill Russell. Because not for nothing, one of them was going to come off. But I had to take Will off to make room for Steph. Steph is the top 10 player of all time. I know people don't want to accept it, but he is. I know people don't want to accept it, but now eat your heart out. He is a top 10 player of all time. I just said, greatest shooter that the game has ever seen. That's one accolade. All-time three-point king. Guess what? He ain't going nowhere no time soon. So when we talk about records that may never be broken, shit, his three-point record may never be broken. He ain't going anywhere no time soon. So that record is going to keep growing. That's another accolade. He has two regular season MVPs. One of them just happens to be a unanimous MVP. The only player in the history of the game that have a unanimous MVP. I'm going to say that again. The only player in NBA history to have a unanimous MVP. Jordan never had one. LeBron never had one. Magic's never had one. All these, all, all these guys who are historically great who I think are greater than Steph, but he's the one that has a unanimous MVP. He's the one that has the unanimous MVP. You feel me? Four-time NBA champion. And now he has that finals MVP. That's another reason why he's in the top 10. Like I said, when you're historically great, just go to all the top 10 players, all of them. Go to go prior to Steph. Go to the all, go go to go to all the top 10 players. LeBron, Jordan, Kareem, Magic, Chamberlain, Bird, Duncan, Russell, Kobe. All those names. Bill Russell, go to all those names. They all had finals MVPs in their on their resume. To etch them to why they're top ten. Steph now has that. I think that I think that might have been the only thing stopping him from getting in the top ten and having a great NBA Finals performance, which he did. Which he did. You can make a case if it wasn't for him, the Warriors would have not won this championship. They would have not won this championship. Has anybody checked on KD for that matter? Because you left a Warriors team to come to Brooklyn, which I'm happy you came to Brooklyn, but, you know, you've struggled since you've been here. You know, I know one year you didn't play, but, you know, since then, you've kind of struggled. And now this year, 
the Warriors, without you, won another championship. That's right. The Warriors have won two championships without Kevin Durant. And they've won two with him. But he has two championships with them. Do you see where I'm going? But we ain't going to do that right now. We're going to save that for another time. Like, I got too much I got too much to talk about on this episode than to go to the whole KD needed go to state type shit. I'm 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 not going to do that. I so want to, but I'm not. But yes. To give my top 10 players of all time. No particular order except for number 1. Jordan is number 1. We all know that. Okay? Magic, Kareem, LeBron, Duncan, Kobe, Shaq, Larry Bird, Bill Russell, and now Steph Curry. That's my top 10 players of all time. That's my top 10. Wilt comes off. And I just told y'all the reason why. He only has two championships. And he was dominated in the era by Bill Russell that he played in. He was dominated. Okay, yeah, his numbers are amazing. We know that already. His numbers are amazing. But, however, can't take away from the fact that you didn't win that much in your era. And it was because of... Oh, Big Bill up there in Boston. Now, yeah, you're going to have people that say, oh, well, Bill Russell had all these greats on his team. Bob Cousy, Sam Jones, John Havlicek, he had all these great players. Hey, hey, it is what it is. But yes, Steph Curry is a top 10 player of all time. So before I get off this segment, I want to say once again, Congratulations to the Golden State Warriors for being, well, I believe they've got seven championships in total now. I was getting ready to say four championships, but they actually won seven in total. Steph, Clay, and Draymond has four championships, but the Warriors in total have seven. So the Lakers and the Celtics are tied with 17. The Warriors have seven. The Bulls have six. The Spurs have five. Those are the teams with the most championships in NBA history. So, again, congrats to the Golden State Warriors. Oh, I got to say shout out to Steve Kerr. Can't forget him. This dude has five championships as a player. Three with the Bulls, two with the Spurs, and four Championships as a head coach. Now, I will be honest. When, when Steve Kerr first took that job with the Warriors, I was not too thrilled with him. Because I felt like he was basically benefiting off of what Mark Jackson put together with that Warriors team. It's kind of similar to... This is for you fellow... Well, I'm about to say fellow. This is for you Cowboy fans out there. Do y'all remember when Barry Switzer won the championship with the Cowboys 
and Super Bowl 30, and he got a lot of the love and praise, but they were really Jimmy Johnson's guys. That's how I felt about Steve Kerr. The first championship with Golden State. Even the second one. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like he was benefiting off of what Mark Jackson put together. But as the years went on, especially when the Warriors was going through some growing pains and Steve Kerr weathered the storm and stuck through it, and for them to get back to the promised land and won the championship, I said, Steve Kerr is fine with me. I already respected him for how he talks as it pertains to, you know, social just injustice, social justice. I already commend him for that. He's fine with me. He is a-okay with me when it comes to that. Him and Coach Pop, they stand out when it comes to speaking about that. So for that, I never had an issue with him. He was okay with me when it came to that. As a basketball coach, he's perfectly fine with me now. He is a-okay. And now, with these four championships as a head coach, you can make a case that Steve Kerr might be a top five coach of all time in the league. Yeah. He just might be. Y'all know who my goat is. That'd be Pop. Some may say Phil Jackson because of his 11 rings. That's cute. Red Arback. Okay. Pat Riley. Okay. And now you throw Steve Kerr in there. Those might be the top five head coaches in NBA history. Just might be. And guess what? Like I said, he got four. Who's to say he don't get five? Because like I said, this Warriors team ain't going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. So we're going to see. We are definitely going to see. But yes, once again, congratulations to the newly crowned Golden State Warriors as they have won their seventh NBA championship in NBA history. Shout out to Steph, Draymond, and Clay for being, when we talk about big threes in the postseason, they're the most winningest big three in NBA history in the postseason. See, before it was my guys in San Antonio. You know, it was Duncan, Parker, and Ginobili. But, uh, you know, these Golden State boys done messed that up for them, you know. So, congratulations to them for that. Very, very, very well deserving. Now that we're off the NBA, y'all know I wasn't going to make my return and not speak about my WNBA girls. Y'all didn't think I was going to do that, and I did, y'all. I am very much impressed from what I'm seeing this season. The Las Vegas Aces are 13-2, the best record in the league. I think it's safe to say that right now, currently, Becky Hammond will be coach of the year. Um, Asia Wilson will be an all-star for sure. Kelsey Plum will be an all-star for sure. No diggity, no doubt. 
Okay? Dierica Hambry, she might be an all-star. So the Aces might mess around and get three all-stars. Even though the voting process, you know, is still going on currently. But I do think that three of their players is going to be in that all-star game. The Connecticut Sun, I'm not surprised where they're at. You know, they're, you know, for these past few years, Connecticut has been very, very much impressive. They just haven't gotten over the hump. Will this be the year where they finally get over that hump? Because they've always been close. Always have been close. Kind of like the Buffalo Bills, those four years they went to the Super Bowl but didn't win shit. That's kind of like what the Connecticut Sun is. They get close, but no cigar. The Chicago Sky, y'all know why I love them. My girl Candace is over there. A few weekends ago, I had the liberty, no pun intended, of going to Barclays to see the Sky play the liberty. I was decked out in my Candace Parker jersey. Uh, shout out to Camp Friendship alum Dave who works at Barclays. It just so happened that I had VIP seats. Yes, I had to spend my money on this one because Candace was in town. I was able to make the shoot around. I was able to see my man Dave, and I was able to watch Candace Parker on the basketball court up close and personal and watch her go through her drills. To the point, I was so close to her that I yelled out, I love you, Candace. And guess what? She smiled and did the love signal back to me. That made my day. Now, honestly, I was hoping for a picture. But I think Candace Parker saw how many fans was trying to get pictures with her. And she ran back to the, she ran through the tunnel to go to the locker room. So while she was doing that, some of the other players, you know, was you know, warming up and shit like that. I did manage to get a selfie with Allie Quigley, but I deleted the photo by mistake. Damn. But it was an amazing experience, though. The seats were amazing. VIP, like I said, amazing seats. The Chicago Sky did wind up beating the Liberty, but in that game, Sabrina Ionescu, whoo, my God, when you talk about a triple-double, I ain't talking about no Jason Kidd triple-double. I'm talking about a 20-plus point, 13 rebound, 12 assist type triple-double. That's what that girl displayed in that game. Yes, that was an amazing game. Amazing game. Trust me, I'll be going to more WNBA games as this season progresses. Do not get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. But yeah, Chicago was 10-5, but not for nothing. I think Candace is hurt because I remember watching that game and I seen Candace a few times you know, riding the bike. And I think these last two games that the Sky have had, she didn't play. My fantasy team took a real bump for that, too. Uh, I think the last two games they had, I think it was against the Dream and the Fever, if I'm not mistaken. Both those games, Candace didn't play. So it might be a knee injury. Hopefully it's nothing crazy. So get well soon, Candace. Um, 
Seattle, 10 and 6. Listen, Sue Bird just had her last game at the Garden. She had announced last Thursday that this will be her last season. I think we kind of pretty much knew that. But she basically put it all to rest now. Like, yo, this is my last season. I'm out of here. You know, I'm done. Um, I was so hoping to go to this game. So hoping I would go to this game. But then I put two and two together and I said I wasn't going to be able to go to this game for two reasons. One, I had to work this weekend. And they had put me in a unit where only three people prior to me knew how to work that department. And all three of them was off. So they needed me to work there. Because I was doing training there earlier in the week to get ready for this weekend. So I wouldn't have been able to take off for that reason. That's number one. Number two, and more importantly, you can't call out of work day before a holiday. You just can't do it. Because they could be real spiteful and don't pay you. And I needs my money. So I was not able to see Sue Bird in her last game in Barclays. But I did catch highlights. You know, so shout out to Sue Bird for having an amazing career that you've had. Don't worry. When the season is fully over, you will be receiving a an appreciation episode. Just like I did for Candace when she won, you know, the championship last season. I did one for her. Sue Bird, you will be getting an appreciation episode as well as one of my favorite players of all time in the league. Definitely, definitely my favorite point guard in the league. Phoenix is still struggling, but listen, I get that they're six and ten. We had a lot of hopes for them this season, but you can't tell me that this season hasn't been affected by what's going on with Brittany Griner. So let's just say it right now, free free Brittany Griner. You can't tell me that's the re. You cannot tell me that's not the reason that you cannot tell me that that is not playing a part to why they're struggling this year. They're on the court playing, but their focus is on their sister in Russia. It is. And, you know, hopefully, you know, things can get better for them. But I just think that this season is is done for with them, you know. I mean, it's still time for them to make the playoffs. You know, the top eight teams make it. And right now, the Liberty are 6-10, and 10, and so is Phoenix. So, Phoenix can still get that last seed to make the playoffs. But, uh, like I said, I just think that their mind is not on the basketball court. It's in Russia with their sister. So, you know, hopefully all gets better for them as it pertains to that. Hopefully we get some more news on when Brittany Grinder is coming home because it's been a hundred plus days already, you know, and I think it's time that she needs to get home. Um, Joe Biden, I don't know what you're doing, but it's time that you make that happen because uh, I really don't want to say this, but uh, I'm going to say it. If that other guy was in office, I'm not going to say his name. If that other guy was in office, 
Not for nothing. I think he might be able to get home. He might be able to get home. Not going to say his name because I don't respect him, but y'all know who that other guy is. But, uh, yeah, like, like I'm, I'm enjoying from, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing from this WNBA season. The Dallas Wings, surprisingly eight and eight. You know, I thought that team was young, no experience, but listen, man, if the playoffs started today, they'd be in. They would definitely, they would definitely be in. Um, I cannot pronounce this girl's name to save my life. I'm just going to say her first name. Ariki, Ariki. I believe she played that Notre Dame, if I'm not mistaken. She got that Mamba mentality. Not for nothing, I believe her number is 24 too. So for WNBA fans out there that's listening to this, y'all might know who I'm talking about. But yeah, man, the Dallas Wings are 8-8. Eight and eight. Who would have thought? If the playoffs started today, they'll be in. So, you know, shout out to them. I want to say get well soon to Sylvia Fowles, who sustained an injury, and it just so happened to be her last season. Um, I mean, listen, Minnesota's 3-13. and And, you know, I mean, for you to sustain this injury in your last season, you know, hopefully... Hopefully this is not the end. I don't want to see her go out like this, but you know, when you feel like you got nothing left to prove, you got nothing left to prove. But I hope that she says that she's coming back for the 2023 season because this is not the way that you want to be remembered. You know what I'm saying? So I'm hope so I'm hoping that she makes her return next season. The Sparks did some firing. They got rid of Derek Fisher as a head coach, which I'm glad they did because I never respected him as a coach to begin with. So, sayonara to you. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically my wrap-up for... Oh, no, 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 not even, not even. I forgot, I forgot. The Commissioner's Cup. The Commissioner's Cup. The Commissioner's Cup is, let me tell y'all what it's about, okay? The Commissioner's Cup, presented by Coinbase, is an annual in-game competition which features 61 games this year with a prize pool of $500,000 in the championship game for the players and at least $165,000 in charitable donations throughout this year's series. At the end of Commissioner's Cup play, the team with the highest winning percentage in each conference will face off in a championship game. New this year, the championship game will take place at the home venue of the team with the highest winning percentage in Commissioner's Cup play. Well, let me tell you who the two teams are going to be. Representing the Eastern Conference in the Commissioner's Cup, that will be Candace Parker and the Chicago Sky. If you've been paying attention earlier, I said the Las Vegas Aces have the best record overall. So obviously, they are going to be the other team. So those two teams are going to slug it out for the 
Commissioner's Cup. This is the second year that this Commissioner's Cup is in play. Last year, I believe it was the Seattle Storm and the Connecticut Sun with Seattle winning and, you know, their players receiving extra money. And I think Stewie had won MVP. This year, it is the sun and the sky. And, again, the team with the best winning percentage, it will be in their house, which means it's going to be in Vegas. So, there you have it. I'm just loving this opportunity for the women to get more money. That's mainly on why I enjoy this so much. So, so much. So, shout out to the Sky and the Aces on making the Commissioner Cup Final. And we're going to see who wins. Y'all know who I'm riding with because, you know, Candace is on that team. But, you know, the Aces ain't nothing to be messed with, man. They're looking like the heavy favorites to win the WNBA championship. But, uh, okay, I did the WNBA. I did the NBA. I think I want to talk about some verses real quick. Now, if if you've been paying attention to the Sports Women Dre Day podcast, especially for the past few months, there have been some verses where I've done some recaps. I believe I did a recap for Fat Joe and Ja Rule. I, talk, I talked about the potential Beanie Siegel, Noriega verses, which didn't go down with my bro Angelo in Florida. Shout out to him. Uh... Trying to think. I think I did Bone Thugs and Three Six Mafia. I believe I did a recap for that. Well, it just so happens that uh, last week a versus potential versus matchup has been talked about, and this one hits home for me because it just so happens that this individual is a part of the team that I have repped since the beginning. And that would be Rockefeller Records. No, it is not Jay-Z. It is Memphis Bleak. Now, if I know for a lot of y'all out there, y'all don't care too much for Bleak. You know, y'all feel he's whack. You know, all this, that, the third, which I beg to differ. And I'm going to explain why in a few minutes. Memphis Bleak has been saying for the longest that he wants to do a versus. He's been clamoring for one. Now, the question was, if he was to do one, who was he to do one with? Now, for a lot of people out there, no, we're not asking for, as far as popular demand, we're not asking for a Memphis Bleak versus. Me, myself included. I'm not jumping off the wall saying, yo, I want to see Bleak in a versus. No. But since it's being thrown out, shit, why not? When you got a catalog... Why not? You know what I'm saying? Why not do a versus? But the name that has come up is Dipset rapper Joel Santana. Joel Santana, if you don't know, was discovered by Killer Cam. He has made cameos on Cam's Come Home With Me album. He's had two solo albums of his own. 
He was a part of the group Diplomats with Cam, Jim Jones, Freaky Zeke. And he just did some time not too long ago, but I'm glad that he's home and now he's making some money and he's doing his thing. But it was brought up on Noriega's Drink Champs where he kind of, you know, tried to say Bleak doesn't deserve to be on the same stage with him in a versus. Bleak got a hold of that and said, yo, if you just if you want to say you're afraid of the smoke, just say that. See, this is what I find so funny. You can't say that Bleak is not worthy to be on the same stage with you when let's keep it real, your resume ain't all that to begin with. And not for nothing, if you ask me, this might be a little biased there, but if I'm gonna keep it real. I think Bleak's resume is better than Joel's. If 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 we being honest. But it just so happens, I don't know if this is true or not. I'm hoping that somebody didn't make a fake versus or whatever. But I saw something where it said that July 21st, Bleak and Joel's is going to have a versus. Now I'm hoping this is true. I'm hoping this wasn't a fake versus you know poster that i saw because right now they're they're promoting the amarion mario versus that's going on this week but maybe because it's june that's why they haven't really promoted the bleak Joel's one but let's just say that battle was to happen y'all know who i'm going with come on now y'all know who i'm going with now, I know a lot of people out there, they sleep on Bleak's resume, but let's keep it tall, man. That coming of age album ain't nothing to fuck with. That coming of age album ain't nothing to fuck with. Now, I know a lot of people out there may have not been paying attention to old Bleak's catalog. Well, let me remind y'all on some of them songs that's on that album since you know i got time to kill before i get ready for work you know what i'm saying we talking coming of age album okay he could play who's sleeping myth bleak is that's definitely going to be played what you think of that niggas for life with ja rule stay alive in new york city my Hood to Your Hood with Beanie Siegel. I can't even count. How many songs have that been that I just mentioned? That's about what? One, two, three, four, five, six. That's, that, that's six songs right there that he could play. I didn't even get to the Understanding album. Huh. I ain't even... Do, do my ladies run this motherfucker? Huh. I get high... I got my mind right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Huh. Is that your chick? Huh. Huh. Come on now. What are we talking about here? Then we go to Maid. Okay. Round here with T.I. and Trick Daddy. Huh. You know what I'm saying? What are we talking about here? Rock Mafia. Huh. One, two, y'all. Rock, rock Mafia. Bleak. 
GDK, Lil C's. I mean, Hove on that track, but disclaimer, we know Hove ain't coming outside. You know what I'm saying? The 534 album. Like that. The track that Swiss did. You know what I'm saying? All about me. All right. Like, come on. What are we talking about here? I didn't even get into some of the joints that he got with Hove. Coming of age, one and two. Like, let me tell y'all something. Bleak's, Bleak's catalog is very underrated. Very underrated. It's so underrated to the point that if I was to do a versus for him, I got 32 joints that I could play. Obviously, you could only do 20, but I got 32 songs that he could do. Crew Love, off the Belly soundtrack, with Beans. The Rock, the joint with Cam and Beans. Come on. For the fam, Bleak, Emil, Hove, Beans. I just said coming of age, right? Pick your choice, one or two, right? Holla. That's his first, that's the solo joint off Jay-Z's The Dynasty Rock La Familia album. Murder, murder. I already said my hood to your hood. Can I live too? Off Jay-Z's Reasonable Doubt album. You, me, him, her. That's off the Dynasty album. One Nine Hundred Hustler. Off the Dynasty album. Parking Lot Pimpin'. Off the Dynasty album. Money Cash Holes Remix. Celebration with the game that made me. From Marcy to Hollywood. Listen, I'm telling y'all, Bleak's catalog is very underrated. Now, I know y'all saying to yourself, yeah, you just being biased because you love rock. For yeah, it is, but I'm listen, I'm keeping it tall. We know, listen, we know what Bleak's Achilles heel was. The pressure of being on the same label with Hove. That's what it is. It, it, he said it in volume two. New improve jay-z bleak didn't say that paying the ass said it with the intro they said bleak was going to be a new and improved jay-z and ever since then the pressure was on but i will tell you this though if they was to do a versus if they was bleak hear me and hear me good this is your fellow Brooklyn Knight. You're, well, you're an official Rockefeller member. I am an honorary Rockefeller member. You have to open the verses with your intro off of volume two. You have to. You have to. You've got to. You've got to. You've got to. You have got to open it with that track. If you do that, you're up one. You're up one zero. Now, I did bleak. I can't just sit here and not do Jewels, because then I would really be biased. Now, let me just keep it tall. I I, I like Jewels. I do. I, I truly do. There was a time when you thought a dip set. You thought Cam, Jewels, Jim Jones, Freaky Zeke. That was the order. 
Then after a while, especially when Jim Jones started cooking, it went from that to Cam, Jim Jones, Andrew Wells. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to sit here and make it seem like Joel don't have a resume because he does. He definitely can do okay, okay. He could definitely do monster music. Santana's town, come on now, like that. Listen, that might be a that might that might be a point for him. Depending on what Bleak does, that might be a point for Santana. Okay. That's what three off that album. What's that from me to you? Which, by the way, I don't think I don't think that album is better than Bleak's first two albums. I don't think From Me to You is better than The Understanding or The Coming of Age, but that's neither here nor there. Okay, let's go to what's the game been missing? Okay. Okay, he could do Rumble, Young Man Rumble. He's definitely got to do Shatters. Clockwork. Kill him. Uh, do you want to do Mic Check? You know, Murder, Murder. But see, a lot of those songs, he got Cam on them with him. But I know what y'all thinking. Some of the songs you mentioned, Hove is on it for Bleak. True, true. But see, here's the thing. If Jewels was to do this versus, he got to do it by himself. But I don't expect him to do it by himself. Because when Bleak laid out the challenge to him, his big brother, Jim Jones, had to make a video on his behalf, throwing subliminals at Bleak. But see, here's the thing. If this versus was to go down, there's going to be some surprise appearances. You could, best, you could best believe that. But the surprise appearance that we all want ain't going to happen. Hove will not come outside for this. If Listen, if it's anybody... That could get Jay to come outside for a versus, even for a guest appearance, is Bleak. Bleak's the little homie. That's the little brother. They grew up together in Marcy. They mothers knew each other. All that shit. All of that is true. Bleak could be one hit away his whole career. As long as I'm alive, he's a millionaire. No doubt. All that. But Bleak can't get Jay to come out for no versus. It just ain't happening. I would love to see it. Because, see, me personally, I don't think they could do that coming of age. Those two coming of ages. Because it's like it's a back and forth shit. Like Kissing Styles. Or back and forth like, you know, EPMD or Ghost and Ray. It, it, it's a back and forth sequence. I don't see Bleak being able to perform those songs without Jay. Just those two songs. Anything else Bleak can do by himself. But those two songs in particular, he's going to need Jay. He's going to need Hove. And I think that's more of a reason on why Jay can't come out because it would just prove everybody's point that, oh, Bleak needed Jay for this versus, which he doesn't because I just said all the joints that he got. So in, in reality, he don't need him. But if he was to show up, oh, he wins the battle clearly. He wins it clearly if Hove show up. But I just don't see that happening. But I do, I, I do, I do think Dipset will be there. I do think Cam will come out for something. I know Jim Jones will definitely come out with something. But see, here's my thing though. We all remember the verses with the locks and Dipset, right? 
If y'all got y'all ass beating that as a group, what the hell makes you think you're going to be able to stand on your own in your own battle? We all saw what Kiss did to you in your bandana. The man literally took it off your head and slammed it on the floor with blank disrespect. You couldn't remember your rhymes. You couldn't even remember your own rhymes. You were lip syncing, basically. And I expect that you're going to be able to beat Bleak in the verses? And I wasn't even done with Santana's catalog because that's just his albums. I didn't even get into the mixtape bag. He got plenty of mixtape joints that he can go to. He can go into the shit that he did with Lil Wayne, all that. That Diplomatic Immunity album, he can definitely go in that bag. But see, that's not what I'm factoring. I'm factoring what I just said. Is you going to remember your lyrics and is you going to rap them with the fire that you're supposed to? And hopefully your teeth don't come out your mouth. Because see, Bleak can perform. Bleak is a showman. I don't know if y'all know, but for years, Bleak was, Bleak was, Bleak was Hov's hype man. So he definitely got experience when it comes to performing. He was just on tour not too long ago with State Property. Another other Rockefeller members. I'm just saying, you know. But hopefully this goes down. You know, you know, you know, ho you know, ho hopefully this battle go down, man. I I'm truly hoping it goes down. And if it does, I think y'all know who I'm riding with. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. Stevie Wonder can see who I'm going with, and that would be Oh Memphis Bleak. It's the rock. It's the rock, God damn it! But, uh, that's all I got. This was the return episode. I have to get ready for work. Uh, it is my holiday to work, Juneteenth. They have made it a federal holiday. About time. But unfortunately, it is my holiday to work, so I have to get off of this and start getting ready for work. But before I go, once again, I want to thank y'all for y'all support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. For, for, for Listen, for the ones that was asking when was I coming back while I was gone, I truly appreciate it. That just lets me know that you missed your boy, and I missed y'all too. But uh, yes, I'm back. Y'all can check the podcast out on all streaming platforms except Tidal. You know, I never forget to add that in there. So I'm on iTunes. I'm on Apple Podcasts. I'm on Spotify. Y'all can also download Anchor. Your boy is on there as well. Um, The podcast is on all my social media pages. Facebook, Dre Day. Instagram, Dre Day 1985. Or Sports with Dre Day Podcast. The link is in both bios. And on Twitter, DreDay1985, the link is in the bio as well. So once again, to everyone out there, thank y'all for y'all support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. In closing, y'all know how this goes. This has been another episode of Sportsway with DreDay Podcast. Episode 260 is done. It's over. I got to go. It's time to get ready for work. Catch y'all on the flip side. Uh... Today is Juneteenth, but when y'all hear this episode, it'll be out on Friday uh, to get y'all going for the weekend. So this will be, I guess you could say, the weekend episode. But uh, again, catch y'all on the flip side. Y'all be safe. God bless. Peace and love. Your boy is out of here. Peace. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Before I go, 
before I go, I know it's been a while that I've done a shout out. At the end of an episode, I would do a shout out to an athlete in the sports world. The athlete that I have decided to shout out will be none other than future tennis sensation Coco Golf. And the reason why I'm shouting her out is because at 18 years old, tennis just had a major not too long ago. I think it was the French Open, if I'm not mistaken. She made her first major Grand Slam final. Now, she didn't win. She didn't win. And I wasn't expecting her to. I was praying for a miracle. I was praying for the upset. But it didn't happen. She lost in straight sets. But that's not the point. The point is, is that at this tender age of 18, she made her first major final. Now, I believe Serena did it before, too. So, it's not out the norm. But the future is bright for Coco. I believe she's ranked in the top 25 right now, which is dope. Keep up the good work, baby girl. Keep up the good work. Uh, She was very emotional in her loss, but it's natural. You get that close to the destination and you lose. But I appreciate the tears because that lets me know you care. You know what I'm saying? This will not be your last Grand Slam final. Trust me on that. The future is very bright for you, Coco. Very bright for you. So I definitely want to give you a shout out before I wrap up this episode. Listen, we got the Wimbledon coming up. I know you're going to be there for that. We got the U.S. Open coming up soon. I know you're going to be there for that. So, you know, let's see what happens, man. So listen, listen, another shout out. Serena Williams, she is making her return. She will be at the Wimbledon. Uh, we all remember, you know, her first round exit last year, you know, as she sustained her injury in her first tennis match. So she wasn't able to finish. So immediately a year after she will be making her return. So those are my two shout outs, Serena and baby girl Coco. So with that being said, once again, to everyone out there, thank y'all for your support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. Your boy is out of here. God bless. Peace and love. Y'all be safe. Catch you on the flip side. I'm out of here. What up? What up? What up? I totally forgot. Totally forgot. I wanted to speak about my Yankees. I totally forgot to speak about my Yankees. 50 and 17. That is our record right now at almost the first half of the baseball season 50 and 17 we are the seventh team in the history of major league baseball to have 50 wins in the 67 game span now listen we're hitting on all cylinders you feel me um our bats are in complete order you know what I'm saying? I think right now, I think Aaron Judge is probably 
the favorite right now for MVP. I mean, the dude is averaging, well, not even averaging. He has a batting average of 301. He has 25 home runs, 50 RBIs. I mean, he is just killing it right now. Like, listen, if we can go the distance and, whoo, my words to God's is, win the World Series, that money that Aaron Judge wanted, that the Yankees didn't want to give him before the season started, listen, Judge might have to go to them with a blank check. Well, the Yankees will probably have to go to him with a blank check and be on some how much do you want. Because the way he's playing right now, I don't know the exact numbers on how much they wanted to give him, but that number is far from the wayside now. I don't know how much they was offering him, but what's Fat Joe's famous saying? Yesterday's price is not today's price. Well, that's what it is with Aaron Judge right now because he is hitting on all cylinders. Listen, Rizzo is doing his thing. Stanton is doing his thing. I mean, I don't want to leave nobody out, so I'm going to just stop mentioning people, at least on, you know, in the batting order. But the pitching, who Cole is looking like the dude that we played, that we paid 300 plus million to. He's looking like our ace. Nestor Cortez is doing his thing. Uh, Sevy is hit and miss here and there. I mean, he does, I believe, have a 4-1 record. But there have been some struggles here and there. Our bullpen is amazing. I mean, Chapman is hurt, but this Holmes, who's been our closer, I mean, listen, if Chapman comes back, well, when he comes back, I will still keep this guy Holmes as our closer. Because it's looking like right now, once he comes in the game and we got a lead, he ain't blowing it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, our bullpen blew something over the weekend against the Blue Jays, but... Other than that, we've been hitting on all cylinders. Like like I said, we are we we fifty and seventeen. We the first team in the majors right now with fifty wins. And here's the thing, right? When the season first started, I've said on this podcast, I said on my man, my favorite white boy, AK's podcast. Aaron Kendrick's, you know, Kendrick Sports Talk podcast. Go check him out. And my man, Uncle Dub, from the Sports Wagon podcast. On all three of those platforms, I said that my Yankees was not going to make the playoffs. I had no expectations for us this year. I didn't. We we didn't make any moves in the offseason that I was happy with. Probably the only one I was happy with is that we re-signed Rizzo, because I liked what he did for us last year, you know, after the trade deadline when he was with the Cubs. Other than that, I wasn't really impressed with any of the moves that we made. But looking at this team now, I don't know. Maybe they must have heard what I said and must have lit a fire under them. And, I mean, look, I mean, in the division, we have a 12-game lead. In the AL East. Now, mind you, this is supposed to be the toughest division in baseball. Toronto was supposed to be a threat. Boston was supposed to be a threat. Tampa was supposed to be a threat. 
I mean, listen, at the end of the day, they still are because they're division rivals. And it's still a lot of baseball to go. So right now, yes, it's looking amazing. But we're only in June. You know what I'm saying? For a lot of people, you know, baseball doesn't really start until after the All-Star break, which is coming, I think, in July or whatever. But it's looking good right now. It's looking real good right now. You know, none of our key players have been hurt, so let me knock on wood for that. Um, I know Stanton was out not too long ago. He was probably the only one that really suffered, like, like an injury injury. Judge hasn't. LeMayu hasn't. Um, I can't think of anybody else at the moment, man. I'm just on cloud nine right now with with my Yanks, man. But I'm 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 very impressed. I'm very, 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 very proud of them right now. And hopefully they keep it up. You know, hopefully they keep it up. I can't even think of the last time we lost a series as far as playing teams. I can't even recall the last time we lost a series. You know, we've had crazy winning streaks right now. We like we are, we are just killing shit right now. Killing shit right now. And I, I'm 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 a, I'm a proud Yankee fan. I'm not even gonna hold you. I'm 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 holding I'm I'm holding the excitement though. You know what I'm saying? Because again, when you put on them pinstripes, it's a responsibility that comes with that. So we can do all of this right now, and then when October comes, we stink up the joint and we don't get to the ultimate destination, and then what? That's an ultimate fail from what we've done so far this season. So I don't want to get too excited, you know what I'm saying? But it's looking real it's, it's looking good right now, you know what I mean? But definitely had to speak about the Yankees, man. I I I told I totally forgot to mention them, but there you have it. So this is the bonus for episode 260. I had to speak on my Yanks. Now it's time for me to go catch out on the flip side. Catch out next week or something. God bless. Peace and love. Y'all stay safe. Your boy is out of here. What up? What up? What up? It's your man, Dre Day, and I have a PSA announcement for y'all. Did y'all know that only 38% of African Americans were able to identify financial terms on the PFN index, an annual financial survey? Why is that? Because we're never given the tools to succeed in the financial sector. Will with American Classic Agency has been designing financial maps for his clients to succeed for over a decade for clients on both coasts. With Will, you will be able to create a game plan to get out of debt and create the wealth that you and your family deserve. If you're interested, Please contact Will at WillSpady at gmail.com. That's W-I-L-L-S-P-A-D-Y at gmail.com. Or call him at 443-810-0384.